welcome to Eat, Sleep, Move, a podcast devoted to helping you lose weight, get healthy, and have an amazing life. Here's your host, Wendy Wallace. Hey, everyone. I have got an awesome interview for you today. If you're someone struggling to exercise consistently and to make workouts a priority, I promise you, I promise that this interview is going to get you motivated. So almost 30 years ago, Deborah Mazda weighed close to 300 pounds and fueled by a desire to feel better, to weigh less and to have a better life. Deborah made the decision to start working out at a neighborhood gym. Now think about that. Remember, those were the days before the internet, before we had access to tons of information, before we could easily tweet or send a message to someone via Facebook asking for advice, before YouTube, and definitely before we could buy thousands of workout DVDs and workout from home. Also, those were the days when morbid obesity was rare. So to see a 300-pound woman walk into a gym was kind of an unusual thing. For Deborah, walking into a gym wasn't just a brave thing to do. It was a life changer. Because not only did she lose 150 pounds, but she went on to become a fitness instructor and founder of Shapely Girl Fitness. Over the years, Deborah has opened and maintained a fitness studio and created a collection of workout DVDs and motivational CDs. Her down-to-earth personality and empathy for people of all shapes and sizes and fitness levels has garnered her loyal fans who describe her as being encouraging, a great motivator, and sassy. Within this interview, Deborah shares her personal story and gives tons of suggestions on losing weight and making workouts a priority. Enjoy. Take me back to the time when you were around 300 pounds. How, would, how did you get to that weight and what was going on in your life at that time? Well, you know, it, it sort of accumulated uh, it wasn't that I, well, actually, I, let me go back. The weight accumulated, the mental part of it, I woke up one day and said, oh, look at this body of mine. But I, I grew up as a very um, overweight kid. Uh, I know a lot of women today that I deal with had been thin their whole lives and started putting weight on as they got into their adulthood. For me, it was just the opposite. I was a, um, I was a, a fat kid who lost weight in their 20s. So I can certainly identify with a lot of women today who were size 2 and now they're, they're although I, I don't think 12 is big, but when you're size 2, 12 is pretty big. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, um, I grew up in a very toxic, dysfunctional family. Um, I had, my parents were very young when they had me. They were like 18 years old. And... Um, there was a lot of instability in the house. Um, I was uh, sexually molested as a child. And um, so, therefore, I ate out of these feelings that I didn't know what to do with them. I didn't know how to express them at all. So, when you begin to express them, you express them via food when you're that young. So, um, you know, I just, I just had a very unstable childhood. My mother worked a lot. My father wasn't around. 
and we were kind of left to our own a lot. So I ate what was ever there. You know, I didn't have a cooker, anything to that nature. Uh, I was always the, the fat kid on the block. I was always the fat kid in school because now if you look at 30 years ago, the lifestyles were very different, and most people mm-hmm. were thick 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Like, I stood out like a sore thumb. Today, two out of every three adult women have a weight problem of some sort. They're either overweight, obese, or whatever. So the population, if you look around, um, people start to look alike. But 25 years ago, it was very different. And And I also want to say that Foods were very different back then. We didn't have the fast food, the, um, you know, the, the uh, you know, let's get it real quick that we do today. The lifestyle was not as fast as it is today. People sat home. Uh, m- more mothers stayed home 30 years ago. There were a lot of women out working. My mother did because she was a single parent, but most of the girls I grew up with, their mothers stayed home and made the meals and cooked the meals and so on and so forth. So it was environmental. It was also genetic. It was also emotional for me. So by the time I was in um, eighth grade, I was over 200 and, <clears throat> excuse me, 25 pounds. And it just escalated until I got into my 20s. And um, I was, naturally, I was in a very crazy, um, toxic, emotional relationship with an alcoholic man because that's what I thought I deserved and I thought I was going to save him. So he he drank and I ate. So it was an addictive behavior. It was an addictive marriage, and it worked fine for the both of us until one day um, I basically thought I was having a heart attack, and um, I got rushed to the hospital. And I think that was just an awakening for me at that point, Wendy. I, I just, like a light bulb went off in my head. And I said, I can't live like this anymore. Not only was I living physically unhealthy, I was mentally unhealthy, emotionally unhealthy, physically unhealthy, spiritually unhealthy, and the whole gamut. So I just, and I had been on every diet. Believe me, as a kid, I was on every diet known to mankind. You know, I had, um, I did the Weight Watchers. I did the pills. I did the, the cow's urine. 30 years ago, they did cow's urine injections. I had my, my mouth wired. Um, I was on every kind of diet known to me and kind, you know, the grapefruit diet, the uh, the bread diet, the cabbage soup diet. They're all, they're all, they're all still out there floating on the internet somewhere. But none of them worked because I didn't deal with the emotional problems that I had. So I finally, um, you know, was in this relationship. And I remember clearly I was living in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And um, I thought I was having a major heart attack. It was the worst thing that ever happened. To, well, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. So I went to um, went to the hospital, and I just had a little bit of um, um, indigestion. But that was my wake-up call. That was the call that said to me, you have got to get your life together because this is not working. So that's that's how everything turned around for me. And, and once I started going, I just didn't stop. And I know that a lot of women, you know, they start losing weight, and they feel um, like the past – the they, they're they kind of living in the past because they think that what they did in the past was such failing that they're used to failing all the time. And I sort of got rid of that thinking and I thought, I'm going to do it this time. And I did it. And that's what I do today. I'm trying to help women do the same thing because I know a lot of women feel like they've been on every diet and they know they need to lose weight. So here comes another diet 
And I'm trying to work with them to try trying to change the way that they think about food. They think about themselves um, and they think about their bodies. And that it's one day at a time. It's not a diet. And that's what I'm doing now. So it's really going very well. And things are going good for me. Yeah, actually, that brings up two questions. I did want to ask you about about that moment in time when you decided to make a change. And, and since you explained it to me, I want you to elaborate on the fact that it took a bit of a health scare for you to approach things differently. And oftentimes with many of us, that's exactly where we end up. Can, can you talk about that and how it is that maybe, um, you know, people can avoid getting to that point and how it is that they can kind of take control of things mm-hmm. themselves and, and, you know, really kind of plug in without being so afraid? I think that... You know, I, I mean, I see the whole scenario. I was sitting on the couch. My, um, um, I think I was married or it was my boy. I can't remember if I was even married. He was an alcoholic and he didn't want me to work because of his insecurity. So I would, I would be home every day and I would get myself set, you know, get my food set, like typically watching television all day. Cause I was living in this town. It was really nothing to do. And my in-laws were both alcoholics. So I didn't want to go hang out with them. And I was sitting on the couch, and I, I see it now, and I had this pain shoot across my chest. And I'm telling you, it's sort of like it took me back. I thought I was having a major heart attack. I've never been so scared in my life. And I, I really want to tell people you never want to get to that point because what happens is you panic. And when you panic, you don't make good decisions. And I know for a lot of overweight women, a lot of obese women, the one thing that's not in their favor is heart disease and diabetes. And diabetes is the worst. Diabetes is the worst disease that you can get because it just eats up the cells and it, it ravishes them. And by the time you're like in your, you know, in your late forties, early fifties, it's really, really running havoc on your body. Now, my family, my grandfather had diabetes. My my um, other grandmother had had heart problems. I've never had any health problems at all. That was a health scare for me, but that was enough for me to say, even though it wasn't, you know, I was going to be okay. That was enough for me to say, I never want this to happen again. It is not worth your health to go through that because I thought, I mean, it was, it was really, really scary. I just, I couldn't breathe. And I thought, Oh my God, I'm so fat. I can't even get off the couch. Luckily my neighbor was home and she rushed me to the hospital. And it was, it was a very big health scare for me. And today, I mean, it's even worse because of the foods that we eat, the junk that's in these packaged foods. I always say to my girls, you don't even know what you're eating when you don't eat pure foods when you're eating stuff out of a box in a package. So the health scare, I mean, it was, it was enough to wipe out the history that I had of being a failing to say, I have got to do something with my life. So it sort of like moved me along. Now, had that not happened, would I have made the same changes? I don't really know, but I knew that something had to give because I was really concerned about my health. I mean, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see my toes. I couldn't, you know, just getting up to go to get out of bed sometimes was like, you know, a major, major um, rolling your feet over the bed and my ankles were swelling all the time. I mean, who wants to live like that? I know people, I know a lot of people do it. And again, I'm going to say this, that a lot of times people don't stick with programs because they really 
think they have this really unconscious uh, thought about how much weight they should lose. It's all about losing weight. And for my money, it's about changing your life around to be healthy and taking your time doing it. And that's what I did. I didn't know what to do. I knew nothing about health. I knew nothing about food. I knew nothing about exercise. So I started, I was starting from scratch, like baking a cake, like you don't even know what you're doing. I just, I just put everything in the pot and started, I got to start somewhere. And that's what happened with me. I had no knowledge of anything. I was, I was a waitress, I think at the time. I had no education, no knowledge, but all I knew, all I was equipped with was that I had to make these changes. And the health scare was enough for me that I would never, ever, ever want to have that happen to me or anybody else. And I do know, I do know that I've worked with people in the past and I always said to myself, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it, that I knew that, that it's especially children in particular. And I thought they're going to have to have heart attacks to make changes in their lives. They're going to have to have some, something happen to them because they were in such denial about how big they were. I mean, we're talking like 330 pounds, 340 pounds and, and not realizing you know, and one of them even said to me, she said, I don't think I'm overweight. And I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> that's hard to work with someone like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but for me personally, if I could tell people this, you never want to compromise your health. It's just really, it's really too risky, really too risky. So the other thought that comes to mind when I listen to you talk about that time in your life was oftentimes when people want to lose weight, it's because like you mentioned that at a time in their life, let's say high school, uh, usually it's high school that women go back to that time and they would like to get back to the weight they were at at that time because they have this image of themselves as being that thin. So what, what was it like for you? Because I think oftentimes maybe what happens with people and I, I know speaking for myself, this has been an obstacle where, um, I can't visualize what it is that I would look like being thin because I can't remember. And right. so for you, you didn't have that past of, you know, being, you know, wearing mini skirts to, you know, to high school or, or whatever. How, yeah. when you, I know that like when you, you started to dive into working out that you, you know, focused on, on exercise. And, and, and I have a question about that because okay. you also too, back then, this is like, you know, decades ago before, you know, there was a lot of workout DVDs and the internet and all that stuff. So I want you to elaborate on that. But before we get to that, tell me how it is that you began to kind of wrap your mind around the idea that this was actually possible and you could see your body shrinking. Um, you know, for me, I mean, I was 200 something. Well, everybody in grade school, all the girls that I have friends with now, all right, we're all there. I have about four girlfriends, and we're all about the same. I have one girlfriend that's much bigger than the rest of us, but there's like six of us that went to high school together. I was always the size 24. They were always the fours. Mm-hmm. Now they're all like 12s and 14s, and a couple of them aren't happy. I'm thrilled. I'm a size 12, and I'm thrilled with the way I look mm-hmm. because I, I did I did my 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 um my hell in grade school. So for me, I didn't um. How did I wrap it around? I, you know what it was? I, I was going nowhere but down the tubes. I think it's harder, like, like when you were talking about, most of my clients today who are overweight, who are like in their 40s and 50s, they all have been a size 2, and now they're maybe a 12, 14, but 
And I don't think that that's big, but for them, it's kind of devastating because they're always taking me back to, oh, my God, when I was a size four, when I, was, when I do my circle time, I hear it all the time. And I can't wrap my head around that because I was always a size 16. I mean, I was a 16 in eighth grade. And don't forget, 25 years ago, I went to school with all skinny girls. None of them. I mean, I was I stuck out like a sore thumb in high school. I don't think there was anybody in grade school that was as fat as I am. Across the board, I don't remember one other person. Being, in fact, I have my, my high school reunion coming up in November. Um, so... I, and I work with women right now. My, you know, one of my biggest clients lost 50 pounds, and then she couldn't wrap her head around being any smaller. So she started putting her weight back on. And so we're now work, I'm working with her because she's down like 30, 30 pounds. And I think that what you have to look at is that taking it one day at a time and not looking at the finished product. It's, it's a journey. It's not the end product. It's like every day, are you eating a good breakfast? Are you eating a good lunch? And that's a success. Not saying I'm going to take off 50 pounds because it's too, I think it's too overwhelming to put it in your brain to do that. For me, I never got into numbers because the first thing people ask me is how long did it take you? I have no idea. It's still taking me. I mean, <laughs> it's an everyday process for me. You know, and I know that I ran into a, um, I ran into a girl that I know down here and she I, I was in like a Target or something, and she said, oh, Deb, she said, you remember I told you about my sister, and I didn't remember, but her sister came, and her sister was, she had to be at least 100 pounds overweight, and her sister said to me, and we were talking, I said, listen, why don't you come over to my place, and she said to me, you know what, I can't even begin to tell you that I can't wrap my head around this, I can't even... You know, and I felt so bad for her. She said, I, I can't even imagine doing, she said, it's so much work for me in my head to be able to do this. It's easier to stay where I'm at, and I hear this all the time. And for me, yeah, I hear I hear it quite, it's very scary, Wendy. I hear it quite a bit. I hear quite a bit that it's easier for me to stay at this weight than it is than it is to to begin to change the way I, I live my life. And again, I think that I that I equate that to the fact that these women have feel, felt like they are failures their whole life. So they don't feel like they're winners. And I don't think that they can grasp their head around winning the battle as opposed to what I'm going to look like. You know, I don't, I don't know that, that a lot of them, like I work with girls that are 25 and then I work with women who are 50. So their mindsets are very different. Because at 25, I mean, I've got a girl, she's 29, and she's, I, I just said to myself, how are you letting yourself get like this? You know, it's just, it's, she was like almost 400 pounds at like five feet, three inches tall. And, uh, and it, it just, and then I said to myself, because that's where I was headed towards. You know, I was headed in the same direction. So I think that if people, if women look at this, one begin to grasp themselves one day at a time and focus on exercise and eating really good. See, for me, it was all about how much good food could I start to put into my body. Mm -hmm. That's what I focused on. I wasn't focusing too much on numbers. I joined this um, women's fitness facility that they had 30 years ago. I don't, we did the belts and we did some, I don't know what we did. It was it was just stuff that like the jackaline stuff as I call it. That's that's what was out you know thirty years ago. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise has gotten way much more sophisticated now than it's ever been. So it's very competitive. And I think it's also, there's a whole um, area of, of the fitness industry that are just, they're total liars. It's, it's, when you see these commercials on television with these DVDs, that's false advertisement. And they know that they're working, they're working on uh, somebody's emotional, you know, lose six pounds in six days, lose six inches in six days. That's, that's nonsense. That's, they're, they're women who, who are just starving themselves in six days. That's not, that's not the proper way to do it. But anyway, mm-hmm. I answer your question about wrapping your head around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, another question, because I, I, again, I want to talk to you about working out and how it is that you got started and, and that time. But the other question that comes to mind also, too, when you talk about women who, um, who you know, confess to you that it's easier for them to stay, you know, wh- where they are. Um, you know, the thing about, I think, you know, again, from my own experience is that um, you – you tend to create a comfort zone for yourself. And do, do you find that you also have to really, um, I don't know, what would be the right word, like inspire people to see a life beyond, Not it's not just about the weight, but a life beyond, um, the, you know, beyond having to maintain a great deal of weight. Like, you know, as an example, what comes to my mind is that um, I remember a time when, I, you know, I just live my life. You know, I, I have my apartment. I hang out at my, you know, in front of my computer most of the time. I do my thing. And then I decided to start traveling. And it was a huge wake up call because I needed a seatbelt extension. Um, I had to, you know, go through the whole experience, which was, you know, really embarrassing. Uh-huh. And it really starts to open you up to the idea that, you know, or to question whether or not you want to have more life experience or whether you want to stay in your cocoon. And do do you find that that's something that you have to, um, you know, explore with, with the women that you work with the idea of branching out into life? I, you know what? I, um, what comes to my mind now is that I'm working with a client who was, she was 400 and something pounds and she's down about 30 and she's going to Disney world in, now, this is a woman that is very rarely held down. She dresses beautiful. She's like six foot, um, but she knows she doesn't want to be this weight. But she's she's never been anything but what she is now. She's very stunning, and she's going to Disney World in October. And our goal was to get her down a hundred pounds um, in a year for for to go to because when she went on vacation last year, they told her she was going to have to buy two seats. They you should see what the airline did to her. They pulled her out. They made everybody look at her. It was a really embarrassing time for her. I guess that was a wake-up call for her also. Plus, now I told her, you're going to go to Disney World. Some of those rides are going to be, are not going to, you're not going to be able to get, get on some of those rides. You know? Now, she's six foot. She's not, a very, she's not short, but I think if she took off X amount of weight, she would be okay. But she wants to do it for herself. But I have, a, I have girls that I think... Are, are braving and daring at 300 pounds. And I've got girls that are 300 pounds that, you know, still live at home. They, they don't drive. They still live at home. Um, I don't think that they, they really vacation a whole lot. They sort of stay into their own, um, you're, you're right, the comfort zone is what you would call it. You know, they might go to a movie. They might go here. They might go there. But I don't hear about them traveling. I don't hear about them dating too much. You know, in, in that respect, 
I mean, do, does it have anything to do with their weight? Probably. You know, I would say that a lot of women who are overweight um, feel that it's their weight that stops them from everything. And I would tell them that I know a lot of women who aren't overweight who are still stopped from doing things because of this this image that they have of themselves. And then I know a lot of women who are pretty brazen. You know, it's almost acceptable in the society today to be overweight. Um, how do I put this? It's not acceptable with Hollywood. It's amazing to me how we look to Hollywood to shake to shake to shape what the world is going to look like. And I say Hollywood stinks. I mean, those women are are probably self-absorbed. They have probably most of them have eating disorders, and they have to look the way that they do. And they're probably all starving at some point. So you have a society of, let's say, two out of three women that are overweight. And they allow Hollywood to dictate it, but yet they don't, they want to look like Hollywood, but they're not willing to get to that point. Does that make sense to anyone? You know, like I, I repost <coughs> all the time. I personally don't care what Hollywood does because they never molded what I, what I wanted to be or was going to be at all. And, and a lot of women look to Hollywood to buy things, makeup, jewelry. If this one's wearing it, then I should have it. And, uh, um, and yet they, what's the word that I want to use? They want to be there. They just don't want to work to get to that point. You know, like when, when these magazines come out, the 10 hot, hottest bodies in Hollywood, you know, and there's all these crazy diets that are, that are coming out there. And some of my girls will come in and, and talk to me about it. And I'm like, you guys know my, my attitude about that. That's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. It's all, you're still you. The average woman today is, is, is the woman who should be running the show. You should not look to Hollywood to have your life dictated about and what these, what these women are doing. They live in a very different world than we do. You know, what do they know about your lives? Most of them know nothing about your life. For my money, it's basically um, a lot of women just are, you know, they're buying the magazines, but I think you're right. They don't do, I don't know how many people are traveling. I think people, a lot of other women are still, um, you know, feel uncomfortable with their bodies, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and basically, I mean, if you look, I'm, I'm 160 pounds and I could just about sit in the seat sometimes, you know? It's mm-hmm. more sitting on an airplane. Right. Right. Okay. So talk to me about when you started working out and there's two things that I want to know about that time. One, what, what was it like for you to choose to go into a gym? You had mentioned that you went into an all women's gym. So that, that must've been, you know, a bit more comforting than going into like, say a gold's gym like kind of environment. So what was it like for you to go in at the time? But also too, for someone who maybe hasn't were at that time that you hadn't worked out on a regular basis, I'm going to guess that there was a phase at the beginning where it it was hard, like not just like physically hard, but as in, um, you know, like mentally in, in the sense of that maybe you were, or I, I guess I, I'm, I'm curious to know if that at that time it was difficult, not just physically, but mentally in that you were thinking, why can't I do this? I should be able to do this. Um, you know, really maybe chastising yourself because you finally realized just how out of shape you were. And so what, how did you get into the gym and then how did you get yourself to stay during that 
initial uncomfortable yeah. phase? My first experience, I was living in Colorado, <clears throat> and I would see people run all the time, and I think, and I'd say to myself, because everybody was so skinny back then. Um, I didn't understand what fitness was. I'd never been in a gym before. So I I was in this really abusive relationship. I knew I had to make a change, and I thought, well, exercise, it, it has, I, I read somewhere where it burns calories. Or so I knew nothing about nothing. And <clears throat> so I would watch people run, and close to my house was, a, was like a Gold's Gym. It wasn't a Gold's Gym, but it was something like a Gold's Gym. It was a 24-hour Nautilus. This was before I hit the women's scene. Um, and I didn't know women's from men's from what, but I would go by this place all the time and I'd sit there and I'd watch people go in and out. And this is a true story. I did it for about two weeks and I would watch people go in and out. And one day I said, I'm going to, what do I have to lose? I didn't know at the time, Wendy, that I was supposed to be embarrassed about myself. I just knew that I was fat and overweight and I just knew I needed to make some changes. So I didn't really, my body didn't care as much as making the changes was more important to me. So I walked into this place. I opened the door and there was a flight of steps to go up to the second floor. And <clears throat> I started going up and I couldn't breathe. I mean, I was really, really pathetic. I got up there halfway. I sat on the steps and I began to cry really, really bad. And, and you know what? My whole life came before me. Like, how did I get to this point? How did I get to look the way that I do? How am I in this relationship? What is my life? What am I doing with my life? And everything came before my face. And I walked down the steps again, and I drove home, and I think I cried for hours. I was in an abusive relationship with an alcoholic. I was a food addict. I was so out of shape. I was in moo dresses. I mean, I... Can, I can identify with a lot of women today. and But see, back then, there wasn't the help that there is today. Okay? So I went home and I had a good cry, probably while I was eating a gallon of ice cream. Who the hell knows? And um, I, I wiped my tears and I said, okay, take a deep breath. This has always been my, my kind of mantra. Take a deep breath and let's start over again. That's always what I tell myself. Even today, I do the same thing. <clears throat> so... Now, mind you, the man that I was living with, he didn't want me to lose weight. That's a whole nother interview. That's a whole nother interview that, that we should do about women who are with men who don't want them to lose weight. Anyway, he was very, very, he was an alcoholic. Um, he was physically abusive, verbally abusive. And I went back about two weeks later and I said to myself, you are going to get up those steps. I don't, I don't care if it's going to take you an hour. You're going to get up those steps. Because so, I knew the steps were there. I opened the door, and I, I looked at the steps, and I took a deep breath, and I said, okay, one foot at a time. See, when the first time I opened the door, I didn't know the steps were there. But now I knew they were there. I knew what I was in for. I got to the top, and I, I, I had on blue sweatpants. I had on a blue uh, sweat top with white sneakers and I saw myself, I opened the door and the guy behind the desk looked at me and he said to me, can I help you? He never said a word about my body. He was a bodybuilder. Don't forget 25 years ago, most of the people who were working out were bodybuilders. It was a very popular thing to do. <clears throat> and he said, can I help you? His name was John. And I said, I, I, I think I want to exercise. And he said, well, you came to the right place. 
And he was very friendly, very nice. He made me very, feel very welcomed. And the next thing I knew, I was in this aerobic class, that's what they used to call them back then, with a bunch of skinny people in this Nautilus room with this instructor named Kathy, with a headband and leg warmers on, and I was in the back. And I didn't even know what I was getting myself into, but I knew that I was going to do this class, and I would finish it. And I huffed, and I puffed, and I'm telling you, I don't know how I survived, but I made it through the whole class. Now... I was on the floor because we got in the floor work, and by the time the class was done, I couldn't get up. So three guys had to come over and get me up. True story. I got up. I went home, and it all hit me the next day. I couldn't even move. That's how sore I was. I literally was in excruciating pain. I, I laid in bed. I, I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I was hurting so bad. And, again, I... I I went into like these tears, like what's happening to my life? What am I doing with my life? I'm in this relationship. I got to, I got to make some changes. And about two days later, the phone rang and it was this guy, John. And he said to me, where have you been? How come you never mm. came back? And you know, that mm. phone call changed my life. Wow. Wow. I went back and the rest is history. And that's it. That's the story. It was it was just a, a tearful moment for me when he said to me, where have you been? And I thought, oh, my God, somebody cared about me that wanted me to go back there. I went back, and the rest was history. I, I just, I just, I've been working out for 28, 28 years now. Okay. And I, I, I really, really have never taken a break other than, you know, here and there. But it wasn't like, well, I took, it took six months off. I've been working now for 28 years now, about 28 years, yeah. And for, for now, for me, it's it's for health benefits. But that was that one phone call. I don't know what would have happened had he not called me, but that one phone call. And how I got into the fitness business, this instructor, Kathy, didn't show up one day. And I knew the routine, so they said, you get up and do it. I mean, I knew everybody in this place by that time. I was like that one year all the time, and I never... The guy that I was living with, he still never knew because I used to go there when he got off from work, when he went to work, because he would have had a fit if he knew I was I was starting to lose weight. Right. And I did the class, and that's the rest is history. The rest is like I've been in the fitness business for twenty seven years now. You know, and so, for me, that was the aha moment. Okay. In your bio, you mention that um, that your philosophy is or you know, workout first and food second. And and I understand that, you know, just to elaborate on that, it's not that you're saying that diet should be secondary or an afterthought. It's of course, it's important. But I was curious about that because um, we're so trained to think the other way around that diet is the thing that we're supposed to obsess about and working out is secondary. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, at that time when you started going to the gym, you really did put your emphasis on working out, and then began to make food changes afterward. So, because, can you talk I, about that? Right, because I had been I had been so exercise for me became successful. Dieting was very unsuccessful for me. Today, my philosophy is a little different today, but yeah, it it basically. Exercise is the key that motivated me to start eating right. 
for most women, it's diet, diet, diet. Exercise is secondary because, it, it, you know, a lot of women are just don't find the time or just don't want to do it or whatever. But you cannot, you cannot, ex, you cannot eat and lose weight without exercise because then you will not acquire lean tissue mass. When you, when you only diet and you lose weight, your body does not get lean. It gets fat. You, you, your fat gets smaller. When you exercise, you acquire lean tissue mass. When you have lean tissue mass in your body, it accelerates the speed of, of, of the rate of, of how, how food burns calories and digests. And I teach that in my certification. It's really important that women understand that, that, that diet alone. Today, I feel that about 40% of what you eat, if you eat right, is really important. Okay, but we still, Wendy, have this diet mentality today that I am trying to change one woman at a time. Don't you understand that dieting doesn't work? Who is going to agree with me on that? And a lot of people do. Then why do you keep doing it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. You are wasting your money and your time. So for me, it's all about changing the way people think. All right. If you ask any overweight woman, they know what to eat, don't they? Right. I mean, seriously. Yeah. They might eat too much of it, but basically they have the knowledge to know what to eat. So then why don't you do it? <clears throat> because we're looking for that next fix, that next diet. Somebody just um, Facebooked me about this uh, ketone diet. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's all nonsense. Here's a girl, a, 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 an old client of mine who I haven't seen in years, she lost 40 pounds. She gained it right back again because she didn't want to take the time to exercise when she knew better. And she had the time to do it. She was just, you know, too lazy or too whatever that she was doing. But you have to be steadfast in what you do. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. We have been, not me, but women in this country have been programmed to diet, diet, diet. And exercise, they have to go hand in hand. They are the perfect marriage as far as I'm concerned. Along with the, you know, I'll fall down, I'll get up again. So you didn't come for a week, okay, blah, 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 blah. But anybody that exercises regularly is going to tell you after two or three days of not doing it, you, you don't feel too good. You know, okay. and you, you want to get back into it. But it takes, it takes a strong-willed person to, or a committed person to stick with an exercise program. So therefore, I made DVDs. All you have to do is pop them into your into your TV and do them at home. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about you know your whole life change. You know, once you began working out and the changes that you probably couldn't even foresee back then happening, and, and the journey that your life took. But before we get to that, I want to ask you to elaborate about dieting, because I think that beyond just looking for that that thing that's going to help us lose weight, I think that oftentimes women are looking for structure, some sort of structure to live by. Is there anything that you, any sort of structured plan or any advice that you would give someone um in terms of that, that you do feel as though that does work, like for example, with Weight Watchers or just counting calories, uh-huh. you know, well, that I kind of thing. What works? Um, what works is to make sure that you get at least three to four vegetables in every day, mm-hmm. fruits in every day. Let me tell you this: I tell my girls, if you can get about eighty percent of your quote-unquote diet 
and I, I mean like your food intake daily. Mm-hmm. If you can get about 80% of that to be healthy, healthy, wholesome, and natural, and then you have a little bit of, of lead way. Because while I think structure is great, I think structure with 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 a little bit of uh, structure without a little bit of, you know, having a little bit of a, of a break eventually, eventually turns into binging. Now for the girls that I work with who are just starting, they have, they, I tell them they have to have complete structure. Okay. If you can't have a piece of candy without eating two or three candy bars, then you need to stay away from those things, period. You know, I basically today, um, I can have whatever I want. I don't limit myself, but there's things that I don't eat because I just don't feel right eating them. And plus, I don't need them. You know, do I eat candy bars? Every once in a while, I do. I don't really particularly care for cake. I'm not a big dessert eater. I'm more of a food eater, and I, I tend to eat bigger portions, bigger than I, than I normally would eat sometimes. Um, but I think that structure is good. Um, if you stick to X amount of calories, but then again, you have to know how many calories it's, it's all done scientifically. The bigger you are, the more calories you need at first, because you're, you're, if you burn them off too quickly, you you know, again, you're lowering your, your metabolic rate really, really quick. So everybody's body structure is different. I mean, I know girls like Weight Watchers. I personally could not deal with points. This, do this, do this, you know, and I, and I think that, while I think I have one girl that's been on Weight Watchers for years and she swears by and she's doing really well, again, um, one of the things to teach at Weight Watchers is how to change your mindset because nothing, I mean, there's really nothing that works today because we are getting bigger as a nation and there's more diets out there than ever. I mean, I think people are so desperate at this point. Um, the only thing that works is exercise, eating good food. I mean, eating, you know, eating um, some protein, a little bit of cereal, some, some yogurt, some really good food in the morning, and having a salad, having your vegetables, having your protein. You know, and then maybe on the weekend, treating yourself to something. You know, okay. drinking, drinking is another thing. I know a lot of these young girls like to go out and drink. Drinking and losing weight do not go hand in hand at all. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a glass of wine every once in a while. But if you think you're going to be a quote unquote good Monday through Friday and then the weekends run havoc, you're just, you're just, you know, you're canceling Monday through Friday after the weekends. Okay. You, know, you can't, I mean, I, I personally, like I was just talking to myself, I went shopping this morning and I thought, you know what, Deb, I think you've been eating a little too much. I went out Friday night with some people and then I was out Saturday, and I really didn't have anything structured. I had a little of this, little of that, and a little of this, a little of that adds up a little bit. And then yesterday I went over to my girlfriend's, and um, um, she she buys a lot of, like, foods that, like, are just junky foods. Like, there's no reason to have four gallons of ice cream in your house when you live alone. But that's, that's you know, so I have to be very careful when I go over to her house. Um, so... For me, it's always about, okay, mm, you've been eating a little bit too much, blah, blah, blah. I don't worry about I put on a few pounds. For me, it's always about I'm eating too much food. So do I think people need structure? I do. I do until you understand how to eat properly. 
All right. And do I think nachos are okay? Sure. Every once in a while. I mean, I see nothing wrong with them. Um, do I think they'd be good two or three times a week? Absolutely not. Not for an overweight person. Uh-uh, I'm sorry. Now, I don't even think for skinny people because it's, it's, it's mostly junky stuff in there. But, you know, good nachos can be very, very good. I'm a pizza lover. If I could eat pizza every day of the week, I'm telling you, I would eat pizza all the time. Um, I eat, I might eat it once a week, maybe twice a week if I want to have it, but that's it. Um, I don't eat desserts. I, um, if I want a dessert, but I'm really not, I'm not prone to sweets. I'm more in the carbohydrate family, the breads, the pastas. I don't really care too much about sweets. Like I, I could buy a chocolate candy and chocolate cake any day of the week, but give me, you know, give me, a, um, some hot Italian bread with butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's my thing, you know? I think, I think that do people need structure? I think that they do, but I also think that eventually structure, um, um, you know, can, can fall by the wayside too, because a lot of people will use Weight Watchers. They join Weight Watchers, they stop. They join Weight Watchers, they stop. They go back, they stop, and so on and so forth. And although I think Weight Watchers is very successful for a lot of people, I think for most people it's not because if, if everybody was successful, Weight Watchers would certainly be out of business. Right. Right. So, I, 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 but I really think that each, like Weight Watchers is the only program, and I, don't, I do not uh, promote any program. And I have a couple of my girls that go to Weight Watchers, but for my, for my money, I think that we need to look at the emotional reasons that we eat for also. I mean, that, that's a bigger, bigger issue. That's a whole okay. other issue, too. Well, you know, so, I, know this, you know, this, I have a book coming out. Manuscript is going to be done in a month um, on women, obesity, and sexual abuse. Right. And um, it's, it's, um, it's called Eating My Secrets. So we're, we're just finished up a manuscript. It's taken us a year and a half to write. And I had 25 women come forward and tell us their stories. And it's going to be fabulous once it's done. It's going to be a book on recovery <laughs> and um, hearing women's stories. So I'm really excited about this project that I worked with my editor on. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you about all of the projects that you did. And, and so, again, I wanted to go back to oh. you. Here you were. You were working out. Mm-hmm. And let's say, let's go back to the time when you were kind of, you were, you know, in, in your groove and uh, it was a part of your life now and you knew, you knew everybody at the gym. Oh. What, two, two things about that time, about, about all of that. What, um, what began to change in your life? And I'm not just talking about the changes in your body, but what began to change with you mentally in terms of what you began to see that was possible for your life and, and and not just personal life, but then career, because again, this it's, it's really amazing how, you know, it's, it's one thing when, you know, someone wants to lose weight because they want to feel better or they want to feel more attractive, but it's a whole other thing when someone then goes from, you know, not being able to get up the stairs to the gym to doing DVDs and then, you know, certification, a book, you know, all of these things that you've accomplished so talk to me about the, how you have evolved since that, you know, that first visit to the gym. I think the first thing that happened was I knew I had to get out of my relationship. I knew that I wasn't feeling good about myself because I was in this relationship that was really abusive. And I was abusing myself at the same time. 
I always say that there was always an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other one. It was just a matter of which one I was listening to at that time. I didn't, you know what, Wendy, here's the deal. I didn't know, I'm going to tell you, this is how I think. I think very differently than a lot of people. I didn't know that I couldn't do anything. Does that make sense to you? A lot of people, my dog's barking. A lot of people don't think they can do anything. I didn't know I couldn't do anything. So I think just the opposite. When I started losing weight, for me, the possibilities were like, oh my God, tremendous. Like nothing was going to stop me then. For me, for me, it was just the weight stopping me. For a lot of women, when they lose weight, it's just their brain stopping them. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. You, I, I don't know how you're going to write that up, but for me, it was just a, a matter of, okay, I'm in this downtrodden relationship. I came out of a very abusive family. I was molested. I mean, there was no other place for me to go, Wendy, but up. Let's put it that way. There was no other place for me to do but start swimming upstream. And that's exactly what I began to do. And once I did, there was no stopping me. Once I got a taste of, see, that's what I'm saying. Once I got a really a, a taste of exercising and losing weight by eating right, there was no stopping me. That was, to me, the, the, the miraculous. That's what we were talking about when women diet. Because they don't have, they don't get the miraculous of getting the exercise and the and the losing weight at the same time. For me, that's just a winning a winning situation. You're working on your body. You're working on what you eat. When you're just dieting, it's just how boring is that? But for me, once I I started, um, I don't know. In my mind, I kept saying to myself, I can accomplish anything now, and that's what I still think today. I can do anything I want to do within reason, of course, you know, but I mean, I went, I got a master's degree and I didn't think I could do that, but I thought I'm going to give it my best shot. So I really didn't let anything stop me because I had been stopped my whole life. It was time for me to take control of what I had to do. And that's what I think a lot of women have to do. They have to get that, that ballsy way about them that nothing, nothing will stop them. Do I have challenges? Do I fall? Many, many, many times. I go through a lot of mental things. You know, I work for myself, and there's a lot of days when I'm like, oh, my God, like, what's happening today kind of thing, you know? But that's, that's what people who work for themselves, that's what we all go through that. But in my mind, there's really, there's really not too much, you know, that's realistically that, that I can't accomplish. But, you know, the other thing, too, the other side note that comes to mind before I move on to my next question is, you're also a woman in her 50s who is extremely healthy, has a thriving career that's building and building. I mean, I love your DVDs, and I know that you have a really loyal uh, fan base who really respects you. And, and, and from what I can tell since the first time I became aware of you is that as the years go on, you're becoming more and more popular. And so here you're, you're you know, more, most women, uh, you know, who are middle-aged are beginning, you know, are going through a phase that their children are grown, they're feeling inferior because they're aging, their bodies, they're, you know, right. what is it like for you to be like at, you know, like close to like the, your peak or at, at the height of your game, I guess you could say. I'm just thriving now. I'm just coming into my own now to tell you the right. truth. I'm going to be 60 right. years old in two years. I'll right. be 58 next month. I feel better than I've ever felt. You know, I mean, I just, I think that 
with my age, I've matured. And I always tell people this, the first half of my life was so horribly bad that I always vowed to myself that the rest of it was going to be all upstream. I know I I work with a lot of women that are my age and younger than me that are just, they're in crisis. They're all in, in some sort of crisis. For me, menopause was great. I had no problems going through menopause. And again, I can, tr- I attribute everything to exercise. I've been exercising for 28 years and, and eating the way that I do. I mean, I thank God every day that I started doing this at an early age because I, I just think, I mean, listen, I have days when I, when I, when I'm like, what am I doing? But basically the more part of my life is I'm, I'm unstoppable. You know, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, to what's going to happen in the next two years, you know, and, and things for me, things for me are, I mean, I'm not where I want to be by any stretch of the imagination. Like I really, once my book comes out, I want to go on tour and I want to go out and I want to speak to women. I want to speak to them. You know, I want to do, I want to do a book signing. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm trying to think, how am I going to, you know, achieve this? But I think that for me, it's every day, it's an evolving situation. You know, because I went through so much mental um, stuff with in an abusive marriage with a man who was always putting me down, but I always, always, always in my head said, I'm going to get, I always said to myself, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to get out of this. I always had this thought that I would get out of this at some point, and I did, and I did. And I, listen, when you read the stories uh, in my book and I identify with every one of these women, it's just that I'm just not in that place anymore. But, you know, my goal now is to make them see you can get to the point where I am now. I, I, I don't have, there's nothing like why I have this magic wand. You know, just for me, it was like, okay, I'm unstoppable. What's, who's who's going to stop me? All that's going to stop me is my own head. You know, I don't listen to what people say. I don't listen to what people, I mean, nobody writes anything about me, but whatever people say about me. I just know that when people say to me, I love what you do, I'm on the right track. That's all I worry about. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what my biggest worry is. Am I, what is the passion about my life? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And I want to do it on a bigger scale, but that's that's what it is now. I wanted yeah. to also ask you about that, about how was that you were able to keep keep working out over the past 20 years? Now, granted, you've made a career out of it. So it's like, you know, you were teaching classes and, and so that was a good motivation. But, you know, for, for most of us, the, we, and maybe maybe it's because I guess, I'm speaking for those people maybe who haven't worked out on a regular basis and and aren't haven't become quote unquote addicted to it. But, you know, I think like as an example, to be honest with you, that I enjoy watching a really good movie, sitting watching a really good movie more than I would spending, um, you know, an hour on the treadmill. And I think about if I have to spend you know, the majority of the rest of my life on a treadmill as much as much as I know, realistically, that it's healthy, and that it's good for me and all of that good stuff. But it's like, that sounds so boring. How were you able to keep it interesting for yourself? Well, let me say this, I, I think watching a movie on the treadmill might be a- right. <laughs> <laughs> I find treadmills to be so boring, myself. <laughs> Now I I teach classes and what what I enjoy Wendy is I enjoy going out for a run 
with my iPod on. I enjoy being outdoors. I zone out. I get myself into another zone. For me, that's the best workout. Um, I teach classes, and I don't. I only teach probably about maybe about five classes a week. I don't really do a whole lot, but I enjoy a time by myself because it is a career. I'm around women all the time who are gnawing at me, so I need to have that personal time by myself with my dog. And like I go on like a four or five mile run all by myself with the iPod on. For me, the movie would be secondary. I really couldn't sit enjoying a movie knowing that I should have worked out because I didn't do it. Like, and I, I worked out maybe five days a week, maybe six. Like yesterday morning, um, I ran, I took my dog out, I did a two mile run with her, and then I played an hour and a half of tennis with a tennis partner. And I play, I play a lot. Of, I do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I teach classes. I do running. Um, I'll do cycling is probably my favorite thing to do. It's kind of a pain in the ass because I'm always worried about getting run over at some point. Um, but, um, for me, teaching classes, teaching all kinds of different classes is fun. And, um, so for me, I mean, watching a good movie is good. You, you do? Okay. Watching a good movie is good, but not if I knew that I should have done a workout because I haven't worked out in two or three days. And okay. then, I, you know, I could always watch the movie. I'm not a big TV person. I'm not a, you know, I, I go to movies a lot, but I don't watch a whole lot of TV. But for me, it's always like, okay, I can enjoy the TV. I can enjoy the movie because I feel better, so much better about myself. For me, exercise is a health, it's a health benefit. And it also, you know, when those endorphins are released into, into your brain and, and you get, you have that kind of like, as you want to call it, addictiveness about it. If you stay away from it, you'll understand, and you should know that, you'll understand that you just don't feel right about it. I have girls all the time that say, oh, my God, I want to get back. I really want to come back and work out, blah, blah, blah. And they just, they, they don't. You know, they just, I mean, I haven't, or I haven't seen them, you know. But I have girls that are just, you know, would, would never think not to work out. So, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, speaking speaking of that, th- my next question for you is, I want you to, you know, add your opinion to the confusion of how much we should be working out. Because I think back, like, you know, to the time when you were at the gym, and, it, you know, even though you didn't have access to the internet and all of this stuff, but you were kind of in a bit of a blissful ignorance, because you didn't know too much. You just did what felt right for you and, and found, again, found your groove. But I think about, like, the impact of The Biggest Loser. And I think about how, again, using myself as an example, how watching that show has completely screwed up my brain in terms of thinking about. (laughs) But but explain this to me. Explain this to me, though, because I'm a bit confused because Biggest Loser is extreme. But I also um, recently saw a lecture by uh, Dr. Stephen Blair, who is a, a well-known researcher who's researched yeah, exercise. I, I, I know who Stephen Blair is. He's at the University of the Carolinas. I've quoted yeah. him quite a bit. He, but, he first coined the you could be fat and fit at the same time sort of situation. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And he, he – or sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Right, I just know who he is. Go ahead. Okay. So he says 
that in order to like maintain good health, that uh-huh. you can walk for or you know work out for thirty minutes a day. You don't even have to do it for thirty thirty minutes. Like can, you, know, you can do it for ten minutes three times a day, but that doesn't seem like that. That seems confusing because it doesn't seem a whole lot compared to, let's say, the biggest loser at the other end of the spectrum. So what is that you recommend or what have you seen has been successful for people? Okay. First of all, the biggest loser is television, television, and they they have to have ratings. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. got really, really kind of like almost a circus on the biggest loser. Well, I think the biggest loser, shush, well, I think the biggest loser started out, um, you know, with some little show it's gotten like it's got i don't i don't watch it um but it's gotten totally totally out of hand because the people that they have now they, they can't just have people that need to lose 50 pounds they gotta have people that need to lose 250 pounds because people aren't going to watch it anymore i mean you know it, it's it's unrealistic okay if i took six girls put them in a house and worked them out four to five hours to six hours a day and i controlled their every move you would lose weight. Now, the, the the rate of the people that come off that show and keep their weight off is about five percent. Most of them have lost their, gained all their weight back. You don't hear anything about there. There might be one or two of them, but you don't hear anything about them. They all gain their weight back. It's animated television. It's television that that to me it, it rapes the soul, and so on and so forth. Now, the American College of Sports Medicine, here's the, here's the recommendation. This is their recommendation. Exercise should be done 30 to 45 minutes, three to four times a week. Now, hold on a minute, Wendy. Stop it. Leave them alone. Lay down. Now, for people that need to lose weight, that's certainly not enough, enough to do. However, if you're just beginning and you've never worked out before, you're going to burn calories and lose weight because you, you're, you're just, your body's moving. Now, for me, to keep my weight where it's at now, um, I might work out eight hours a week. Let's, let's say eight hours a week, maybe nine hours, some, somewhere around there. You know, give it, like today, I didn't, I didn't work out at all. Tomorrow, I will do probably an hour and 45 minutes of a workout. So, um, and Saturday, Saturday, I, here's, here's my regimen on Saturday. Saturday, I ran four miles in the morning and then I did an advanced step class. And then Friday, I didn't do any workout at all, neither. So I might do like maybe every other day of maybe two hours, something to that nature, whatever I can do. Now, the girls that come to me, um, I would say a good recommendation to lose weight is at least an hour, an hour and a half, if you can get if you can get that time in. And you can split it up too. I right. think ten minutes three times a week. I don't know what that's going to accomplish if you're trying to lose weight. You okay. Know, it it yeah. can get you started. But once you get into the groove, there's you know, the set rule on that is that that really as far as I'm concerned, there isn't any. But it's not a. It's and again, it's not a matter of what you do. It's I mean, it's not a matter of how, what time you do it. It's changing the routine up too. Okay. You, know, you can't do. I always tell people, you keep doing the treadmill every day of the week. You're going to start looking like a treadmill. You know, the treadmill is good for cardiovascular. 
it's not a weight training program. It's not a stretching program. And women have a tendency to gravitate towards the treadmill to get all this cardio in. This is another, this is, this is a whole nother thing. I equate the treadmill and weight training as I equate exercise to dieting. Women have, dieting and the treadmill go hand in hand. When, when I know that you have to add weights on to get lean tissue mass, you will not acquire lean tissue mass by doing a treadmill. And you want to acquire lean tissue mass to be able, that your body looks toned. Right. If you look at, if you look at women that, that lift weights, they look very, very different than women that don't look, lift, lift weights and just do, hey, 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 and just do, do a treadmill work or cardio work. You know, you got to okay. put the two together. I have a, a client who, who I gave her a whole routine on the treadmill with weight. She's, she's a treadmill lover. I said, okay, well, let's add, let's add five. So I gave her like five upper body exercises to do while she's on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For her. But just to walk on a treadmill, sorry. Sorry. Okay. It's a cardiovascular exercise. It's not, it's not a, uh, um, it's uh, not um, 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 a weight training exercise. But okay. it's better than nothing, but it's good to mix it up. Like when I go, um, I go to a, a gym with one of my clients in the morning and I'll do a, a cardiovascular exercise with her and we'll do like maybe a little bit of the elliptical, 10 minutes on the bike, and then I start getting bored myself after that because I prefer to be outside. And, um, but, you know, every, I think everybody's different, but you have to know that, that um, what you're doing it's just like food. You have to know what you're eating. Um, um, you have to know what you're eating to be able for it to be, to be um, you know, advantageous to your body. If you keep eating the same foods over and over again, you're lacking in vitamins and nutrients also. Right, right. I think as far as exercise goes, um, I think that from, from my money, you know, at least an hour... I think two days a week, if you're trying to lose weight, is you know, I mean, it's it's better than nothing, but it, I don't think it's going to going to going to accelerate the weight loss at all. Okay. I think you have to be. I think you have to be very vigilant on your workouts. So I only have a few more questions left for you, and and the next one that I wanted to ask about was working with Richard Simmons because I'm wondering at what point. And I'm wondering if it was during the time when you worked with Richard Simmons that you began to really become dedicated to wanting to help other women and to devote your life to um, – prom- it did? Okay. Tell me about that time. I think that um, um, working at Richard Simmons, um, you know, and again, I was a waitress at the time, and he had opened up these places. He partnered up with Holiday Inn, the Holiday Health Clubs. And they opened up, they used his name, they opened these places up, and they were called Richard Simmons Anatomy Asylums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, again, there were overweight women that came out, not a whole lot, uh, but I just saw that I really, I just saw how good that the women felt from exercising, and I just knew that this was, you know, what I wanted to do. I was very good at it, and I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do, and I've been doing it for 20 years and I, you know what? I love it more now than I've ever loved it. So it's not like I don't even consider it a job sometimes. You know, it's, it's, um, 
something that I <laughs> I love to do. I mean, my Shapely Girl Fitness. Um, I've been people have been asking me, you know, do I want to franchise it? Do they want to open places up, and I think that that what I offer, or what you know, what my whole expertise are, are things that women really can use. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really I really think that um, they need to understand what they're doing. I think they've been they've had they've had really false information from a lot of places. You know, while the internet's good, there's a lot of false information. There's a lot of TV commercials that are going to you know talk to you about this and the, and it's it's kind of all nonsense. So for me, yeah, working I think working. Getting that first job with Richard Simmons really, really kind of did it for me. That that's uh, tied the bow around the package for me. Okay, you know, we've talked about throughout this interview how you know things have changed in terms of our culture over the past thirty years, and I'm wondering for you, as someone who's taught classes, who's been in gyms and watched women, I'm wondering about like the the changes that you've seen over the years. And also the things that have stayed the same in terms of women and their mentality about their weight, about exercise, about getting into the gym, and how you feel about both the changes that you've seen and the things that have stayed consistent. I think, I think that what's stayed consistent is women and their diet mentalities. And I think what's changed is I think that the fitness industry has really changed. Although I think the fitness industry still does not does not have a place for the overweight Overweight. I mean, I still go and have clubs now, and I'm telling you, it's it's. It, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this in a mean way. I think a lot of overweight women, while they still don't feel good about themselves, I think a lot of them are just lazy. I think what's what's not changed, and we'll talk about that first, is the the, the generational mentality of the diet industry. Okay, I just don't see that as changed at all. I do. I see some women that have really gotten it, but I think that the majority of women still don't get it. I think that they still are looking for that that one ray of hope that this this pill, this powder, this shake, this something comes out and will make all their dreams come true. And th- I think there there are a lot of women that are still still kind of waiting for that. And I think that that hasn't changed over the years because um, while um, the the um, the diet industry was not like it is today, it still has been out there. Because I'll tell you, when I was a kid, <laughs> it was sort of closeted diet industry. It wasn't as, as, you know, you knew the diet doctors to go to. You need the places to go to where you could lose weight. I knew where to go get the pills at. Today, everything's out of, you could go in here and get anything you want. You know, there's there's no more there's no more um, um, sainthood in it. You know, I knew where to go 30 years ago. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to be the size that I was because I stuck out like a sore thumb. So I think that the the whole mentalness of the diet industry has not changed with women. I think that the the exercise, the fitness industry, why I think the exercises themselves have changed. I think the fact that they're still the diet industry still has not embraced the overweight woman totally, and that's on my on my part that that's that's still good. But I still think that a lot of like a lot of the girls come to me say they wouldn't go anywhere where there are men. They won't go anywhere where there's not just just women. 
They don't want people looking at them. Um, I, I, I tend to like to work out with men. I'm very competitive. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, 30 years ago when I went into that gym, what, what kept me in there was the fact that I was extremely competitive. As big as I was, I was still had a competitive nature about me. But <laughs> I think that a lot of women are still embarrassed about themselves and what they look like. And again, the, the media makes them feel that way. I see women who look great and they just, they just, you know, they, they always find their flaws. And I think that that's really kind of sad that, you know, all, seeing yourself in, in that respect that you don't think that you look good or that you shouldn't feel good. It's very sad to me. It, it really, it disturbs me sometimes because I don't get into all, I don't get into all that. But I, I do think that the fitness industry has just not engulfed the, um, the overweight, the overweight woman. I just really don't see that that's happening. And, um, you know, I don't know about it. My lifetime, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing my part. Um, I think that the, the, um, um, uh, what's the name? That Lucille Roberts is, is, has a, a chain of places, but I also look, the bottom line is this fitness and money and the diet industry and money equate together. The people that work out are the people that usually are thin. They're the people that know the value of working out. Overweight people have never worked out before go into, I think they go into a fitness um, program with high, higher expectations than, than they can achieve. And when you can't achieve those high expectations, why should I do it? And they give up very easily. And I tell my girls, don't think you're going to come in here and drop all this weight off. You might initially, but then it's it's just a matter of a pound or two a week if it's even that much. Don't put yourself on this on this esteem that you're going to walk in there like a Barbie doll. It's not going to work that way. You're not burning enough calories. You know, so when they see shows like The Biggest Loser and they think they should be losing all this weight, it's it's not reality. It's just not reality. Because the other components are what are you eating? And what are you what are you eating and what are you not eating? Let's put it that way. So when people email me with their weight loss questions, I can't answer them because I don't know anything about them. You know, I can't tell you how many calories you eat. I don't even know what you're eating. I don't know anything about you. You know? And it's 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 very sad. I just know that the girls I'm working with are doing they're doing pretty well. The ones that do what they're supposed to do do pretty well. But I think that the that I think the biggest loser, while it has a good component to it, I think it's very damaging for people. It's very damaging. Very okay. damaging. So yeah. my second last question for you uh, is a two part question. Huh? One of the things that you had mentioned uh, we talked about earlier was um, how you know some women again have confessed to you that they don't want to work out because the life they lead is is just easier. But I would also venture to guess as well that there are a lot of people who are checked out, like who just aren't connected at all to their body. And again, you know, using me as an example, I'm guilty of this. You know, I've been told by people that, um, you know, who know me that it just seems like I'm, uh, my body is just, a you know, something to prop my head up on because I'm so in my head and so intellectual. Um, and I'm wondering where your advice for people to help them, what, what would you tell people in order to help them to be able to reconnect with their body for better or for worse 
and also to how to start doing that, but then also to how to start working out? Well, I think if you look at exercise as a piece of your health, um, instead of looking at exercise as a chore and realizing that it's, it's not even, it's not even optional today. It's almost mandatory for good health, no matter who you are and that you are worth it. A lot of overweight women still feel that they're not worth it. They're not worthy of being healthy and losing weight. They don't deserve it for some reason. And again, that comes into what happened to you in your past, what, what brought you to the point that you're into now, you know? So for me, and, and, you know, as an intellectual, I think it's, it's all the more important that you realize that your health is, is you don't have anything to get your health. Mm-hmm. And, and an exercise, you know, while it does help to lose weight, is a health program. It lowers your blood pressure, lowers your cholesterol, your heart, your heart functions better, your cells function better, your brain, you know, there's, there's, my book's going to have a whole, a whole um, section on what happens to the brain chemistry when you exercise and they're finding out now your brain chemistry changes. But for some reason, overweight women still equate exercise and weight loss together. They haven't gotten into, gee, I need to do this for my health and take the 20, 25, 30 minutes. If you're just exercising for your health, 30 minutes a day is plenty. Right. It's plenty. It's right. plenty. You can, there's a whole lot you can do with just, just 30 minutes a day of exercise. But I guess, I guess elaborate on how it is that you get beyond the mental stuff, because I guess, you know, a good analogy would be if you had a closet, right? And you just like threw your stuff in your closet, whatever, and you ignored it. And then one day you had to open that door and you were just completely overwhelmed at the crap that was in that closet and the time that you knew that it was going to take to have to sort through it and clean it out. How do you get... You know, how do you get to that point where you just have that kind of that peace where you can deal with it? You have to own up to what you do first. Right. You have to really own up. Look, when I, when I started losing weight and I got to that point where I was rushed to the hospital, I had to own up to like, how did you let yourself get to this point? But that's the first thing, owning up to you have a problem. You got yourself into this position and how are you going to get yourself out of here? You can't Mm -hmm. blame the world. You can't blame this one and that one. All right. So for me, it's like opening the closet door, taking a deep breath and taking one item at a time out of the closet and putting it into piles. Where does this go? Where does this go? Where does this go? Where did, and it's going to take all day to do it. It's not going to be an overnight success. It's going to take one day at a time. But once you start putting the stuff in piles and, and putting them where they belong, it's just a total relief. And it's the same thing with, <clears throat> with exercise and eating better. Once you start doing it, it's, it's, you know, and I hear women say this all the time. It's just getting, getting started to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that's it. That's, I mean, there's no other, there's no other secret to it. There just really isn't. It's, it's getting started and sticking with it. It's one foot in front of the other at a time. And that's basically it. There's just really no secret to it. You know, okay. it's, it's, it's it, there's really no, it's just taking a deep breath, getting on the treadmill and just saying, I've got to do this. You know, when you, when you start thinking, I got to be motivated. Let me tell you something, Wendy, motivators, motivation is highly overrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I waited to be motivated for everything, I w- I'd still be sitting, you know, with an abusive marriage. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, mm-hmm. I'm a pragmatic thinker, and I think, okay, I have to do this. I can't wait. I can't. I can't let my emotions get in the way all the time. When you're when you're strictly running on emotions, you're going to get in trouble most of the time. You have to do it for your health. Okay. So talk to me about your future plans. Tell me what's in store for you. We talked about the book. You've got the certification, which is amazing because that's going to help so many other people. You've got your DVDs, um, and I'm guessing you're going to be doing more. My book, my book, um, my editors this week have promised me that for my birthday, which is March 16th, they will hand me a manuscript. Mm. So once that's done... I mean, they're, they're really keeping everything under tight. They don't want me to read because they're so excited to do this. Uh, we've been working on this project almost a year and a half. Once that's done, um, it's just getting the literary agent or figuring out how you know, the publish, publication is going to come out. It'll go up on my website as a pre-sale. I'll be shooting two videos um, probably prior to the summer. I'm going to be making a boxing video. Oh, uh, fun. Thank yes. you. It'll be boxing with just me. And then I'll be making my other one, my Pilates video, which will be a low impact with kettlebells and Pilates. Cool. Um, and then I have my certification, which we just started. And I just got I just got an email from somebody that wants me to come to Rhode Island to um, host the certification there. And I told her what I needed. Um, and so they're, they're, my big thing is the book right now and, and the videos. And I really want to go out and I want to start speaking to women in women's groups. So that's going to be my next event. That's something that I'm looking forward to. So, and, and that's, there, there are three big things that I'm, and, you know, I have my little place here. I've had people ask me to open up another studio. They want to, you know, they want to put the money out front and do all that. Um, so, but the biggest things right now, Wendy, are my book and the certification and the videos. They're the biggest things. And they're big enough projects that, uh, that they're keeping me pretty busy. All right. Thank you so much, not just for this interview, but for everything that you do. I really appreciate it. You know, I, I just, I can hear, you know, I heard what you were saying, even about yourself. And I really hope that you listen to what I said and you realize that, you know, a lot of times we don't think that we're worth it. We just, we just put it on the back burner. It's so important that we take time for ourselves we, you know, even if it's like in the first thing in the morning, if you have to like get the work out in first thing in the morning, because I know a lot of women say, oh, you know, once I, I you know, I, it, it gets away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, there, there is, there's the time to get up in the morning, get the workout done and then get done. And you'll, you'll and to me, you know, it's like, it's like feeding kids good food. When you eat good and you feel good and you look good, you're more productive. You create really good things. When you're happy, that happiness comes through in your work. So I think that's, that's really, really, really important. So I just want you to, to remember that I'm saying these words to you. Thank you. You can find out more about Deborah, her certification program, and her upcoming projects at DebraMazda.com. And also, if you haven't checked out her DVDs yet, I highly recommend that you do. My two favorites are Walk Fit and Fabulous and Let's Get Moving to Cardio Toning with Weights. I love that DVD. You can find links to those DVDs and Deborah's website and her Twitter feed and her Facebook page on eatsleepmove.com. Just go to Eat Sleep Move. You can find everything there. Thank you to Deborah for her openness and for sharing 
her story and her wisdom and for answering all of my questions. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you were inspired by Deborah and will move your body just a little bit more today. Thanks for listening to the Eat Sleep Move podcast. Find out more by visiting eatsleepmove.com.